Hi, it's April 26, 2021 in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room. I'm Larry Gassman, Executive Co-Chair of Accessible World and Radio Out of the Past. And tonight, Julian Vargas is going to be with us. It is not his first time. He is not a Tech Talk virgin. He's been here many times before. Uh, but one of his expertise is the mobile phone. And so he's going to be, he's an accessibility technology expert. Um, and he's going to be talking about mobile phones. He's going to be talking, I'm sure, about the latest pronouncements of Apple within the last week or two. And other things as well related to iOS. So he is going to do a presentation. If you want to raise your hand, you can. Go ahead. Uh, but he'll probably get to questions after he's finished with the presentation. So with that being said, let's say thank you and give a warm welcome to Julian Vargas. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Yes, I've been on Tech Talk uh quite a few times in the past and I've always enjoyed the visits here. And in fact, I credit Tech Talk as one of my starts in learning iOS uh, way back when you guys had Dean Martino on. Wow. It was back around 2009. Or yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I used that interview you had with him as the framework from going into the Apple store and learning how to use voiceover. So uh, you guys helped me out quite a bit, and I, I'll never forget that. Wow, we'll put that up as a big plus on our webpage. People will yeah, like definitely. to see that, yeah. So, yes, I, I was going to come on here today and talk about more or less the latest and greatest in the world of mobile. I am a mobile access technology specialist, so while I dabble with other assistive technologies as well, my uh, main focus is the mobile device. I feel it is today's true personal computer because it's very personal it's the one we keep with us almost at all times it is probably more powerful than what most of us have on our desktop these days in terms of processor and capability in fact uh it's it's probably you know as powerful as stuff that was used to send uh man to the moon and do all kinds of calculations back in the day so uh it's a powerful little thing that we have in our hands and in our pockets so I've been very uh, interested in it and recognize its potential early on. So that's what I specialize in. So today I was going to mostly talk about uh, the latest and greatest and, of course, focus on Apple's spring-loaded event where they announced some new stuff. And, of course, today I got an extra bonus. iOS 14.5 dropped, which means it is now available for iOS devices. Uh, there's also new updates to uh, iPadOS, which is effectively the same thing. They just call it something different to be cool. Uh, WatchOS, Apple TV OS, uh, Mac OS, all the, uh, everything uh, with Apple pretty much got something new today that you can install. But naturally, I want to focus on the mobile stuff. So before I get to Apple spring-loaded event summaries, I'm going to briefly talk about iOS 14.5, which is now available to anybody who wants to download it. I will tell you right now that this is going to be a very brief summary, uh, not a lot of details, but appleviz.com is a great source of information. They do a, a spectacular job re- reviewing and, and, and breaking down all the things you need to know. And I always advise people, before you install a major update to iOS, uh, please go read AppleViz. Uh, it's on their main page, or you can also go to appleviz.com slash blog, B-L-O-G. And maybe it's a little easier to find there and read what they had to say, because uh, you may or may not want to do the update based on some things you read there. So uh, it's always good to be informed and make sure that when you update, you're ready to update and you have an idea of what might be coming. So they do their stuff. They also have discussions that take place there, which I find quite informative as well. So good place to go and get yourself the information you need, but we're going to go with the, some things here based on things that I've read there in mailing lists and my own personal experiences as well. So iOS 14.5 dropped today. Uh, We've been waiting for this one for quite a while uh, because it promises some new things. It has support for air tags, uh, privacy features, and uh, new stuff in general. So here it is in a nutshell. One thing I'm going to tell you, remember how I mentioned you may not want to update. If any of you use the Bluetooth version of the Instapot, uh, not the newer one that connects with Wi-Fi and your personal assistant, but the one that came before that was uh, a, a Bluetooth connectivity, the app that powers and communicates with that device 
is currently no longer updating it, updating itself. And Apple put forth some new security updates and requirements, which that app no longer has. So if you uh, rely on that app to use that particular device, you may want to hold off a second and not do this update right away because it's probably going to break your app and give you uh, hard times if you rely on that way to communicate with your Instapod. So one of the uh, big things that comes with iOS 14.5, much awaited, a little late in the game if you ask me, but I guess that's what they did, is the ability to use your iPhone 10 or later, you know, the ones that took away Touch ID, uh, the ability to unlock your phone with Face ID, which of course has been a major problem since we're all wearing masks now. And that's a real pain. In fact, I actually last year, because of this, went and bought an iPhone SE 2020, the one that came out about a year ago, because it still has the home button and touch ID. And since I had a feeling we were going to be wearing masks for a while, I thought, you know what, it makes sense to buy this device, at least for now, because I can still, uh, when I'm out and about, be able to do things like Apple Pay or interact with my phone in general without having to hold the phone to my face, pull down my mask. Uh, get it unlocked and put my mask back on. It's, you know, it's a juggling act, especially if you're managing a cane and managing other things as well when you're out and about. So in order to, to do this now, the ability to unlock your phone, even if you're wearing a face mask, is you have to have an Apple Watch that's running I, uh, watchOS 7.4, which also just came out today. So you must have both your uh, iPhone and your Apple Watch updated to the latest updates, 14.5 on the iOS side, 7.4 on the watchOS side. Uh, in order to be able to l- unlock your uh, iPhone 10 or later uh, using Face ID without having to take down your mask. There is, however, a gotcha, which I'm a little disappointed with. Even though they put in this capability, if you still want to pay with Apple Pay, or you want to do uh, buy something in the app store, you know, authenticate an actual purchase, you're still going to need a full face scan or you're going to have to enter your PIN. So in my honest opinion, I'm really glad I went with the iPhone SE 2020 from last year because uh, it looks like at least for the remainder of the time that we are wearing masks, uh, this is going to be the, the best and easiest way to unlock your phone quickly without having to have it look at your face. So one of the other things that came with this update is support for Apple's app tracking transparency feature. We hear all the time about how these apps and these websites and things want to track us more and more. Apple, unlike Google, uh, makes its money selling you hardware primarily. So they don't have as much of an interest in tracking your information to sell it to advertisers. They're selling you, they're making money by selling you high-end products that are, we all agree, are not the cheapest out there. But in a way, that's a good thing because uh, they're not beholden to advertising companies. They're more beholden to us, the actual users. So uh, they they are making it harder for these apps to track us. This is especially important because these apps want to start tracking you sometimes, even when you're not in the app. And you'll probably notice if you if you haven't already that you're going to be asked for permission uh, for apps to track you uh, outside of when you're using the app through a standard iOS prompt. So probably something that pops up on the screen is and it's going to make you say yes or no to whether you want to be tracked, even when you're not using that app. If if you want to turn this on and off, you can easily just go to settings and privacy and app tracking, and you can go in there and and figure out how to turn it on or off or or tweak it to your liking. But I think it's a really good move on their part, and I'm glad that it's included in this uh, update. Now, for those who like emojis, (laughs) you'll be very happy to know that you have 217 new ones to choose from. And I'm not going to go into the whole list of them here because it would be too numerous, but again, AppleViz.com has uh, some links where you can go and actually find out a lot more about these little things if you're so inclined and find them essential to your communications. If you're an iPad user, you'll be happy to know that uh, you'll be able to finally do the same thing that iPhone users have been able to do all along with iOS 14, and that's to search for emojis. 
So it, it, instead of having to bring up these uh, emoji keyboards and have to go through screen, screen, screen after screen, <laughs> trying to find the one you like, now you will be able to do a search uh, when you're on a screen and, and on the emoji keyboard, you'll be able to search for the one you want just as easily as you can with an iPhone. Siri gets some updates too. She is now going to try to remember, and I say try because Siri, well, yeah, she tries and sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't get it quite right. But she's going to try to remember your preferences for things like playing music, uh, playing podcasts, and uh, listening to audiobooks. Because as we all know, there are myriad sources of these things. You don't just have to use the built-in ones uh, that Apple provides. So uh, you'll be able to, uh, to do that easily. Okay, now that my phone's not talking in my ear. Yeah, so you'll be able to do that. And it's going to try to remember your preferences. Now, Apple wants to make it clear, this is not a way of saying this is going to be the default app for these things, but they um, they want to at least, uh, if you're going to ask Siri to play something for you, if you listen to music on Spotify, for example, uh, they're going to make it so you don't necessarily have to say, you know, play this song on Spotify. If you say play Stairway to Heaven, uh, it'll play it from Spotify if that's the one that you normally like to play your music through. Hold on a second. When that phone call was coming in, it took me off my screen. Okay. And uh, speaking of Siri, Siri also gets new voices, two more American English voices, for example. But the biggest change you're going to notice to Siri now is that uh, we're all used to Siri voices being presented to us either by a name or a gender, you know, female, uh, Siri, Siri female, Siri male. Uh, sometimes also uh, when they're not the newest voices anymore, they, they're given a name. Well, now uh, they're not going to do that anymore. They're simply going to give it to you by number. One, two, three, or four, uh, which I don't know. To me, just seems like it's going to make things a little more confusing. But for others, uh, I understand that they're, trying to uh, appease certain sensibilities. So I guess it'll all come out in the wash and regardless, we'll all get used to it. Another update that came with this is the Find My App now has a new items tab and you're going to be able to use it to track the location of license uh, items that are licensed to work with this new service that Apple uh, has introduced. And there's going to be more about that when I get to the announce uh, the the spring loaded event announcements but that is in there with this update as well now uh some of you are probably wondering okay so they uh, added these things uh, did they fix any bugs especially bugs uh, for voiceover users and there have been some bug fixes that have been found there is of course a more detailed version of of this list on apple vis because i got some of these from there so i'm just going to go through them real quick here there are fixes for some bugs that involve Braille displays and inputs, uh, Braille screen input. There have been some improvements to button labeling and gesture behaviors within some of the Apple native apps, you know, the ones that come uh, preloaded in your device or that Apple, uh, Apple offers. I personally have noticed an improvement with some focus issues that I was experiencing, and I know others were as well in the native mail app, particularly when it came to, to long threads. I, I keep up with a lot of very busy mailing lists. And oftentimes we have threads in there that are, you know, 20 messages or so, give or take. And I was having a, quite a frustrating time because sometimes you'd be going through that, through those messages using the message rotor capability. And it would just jump all over the place. And it was really hard to, to read those threads in the order that uh, you're supposed to read them in. So I personally have noticed an improvement with iOS 14.5. I've actually been running it uh, since uh, beta. I'm part of the Apple uh, public beta testing program. So I, I've been noticing it as the betas went on that uh, this really did get fixed. And I'm happy now that everybody gets access to them. So that's pretty much it. I mean, there weren't a lot of uh, other bugs that I was experiencing other than, well, I, I know with WhatsApp messaging, uh, there was a bug I was having that other people were having as well early on where uh, sometimes people would send you a message and you go to play it and it would not play. 
Uh, I don't know what that was really all about ultimately, but I'm happy that it's fixed as well. So those are some of the bugs that uh, AppleVis noted and that I've noted and also, you know, just from reading mailing lists and such. So that's pretty much it. So now we're going to go into the Apple spring-loaded event uh, announcement, which happened on April 20th. Uh, this was an anticipated event, and we wondered what was going to be there, if there's going to be new stuff announced. And there was some new stuff announced, particularly hardware. So for starters, a new iPhone was introduced, but let's not get too excited here. It's a purple iPhone. Uh, other than the color, there's no difference. It's still the same iPhone 12 and 12 mini that now can be obtained in a purple color. So for those who were waiting for something that uh, matched the outfit or whatever, and, and, and you thought purple was going to be it, uh, your prayers have been answered. But uh, other, otherwise, uh, the, the hardware, the, the specs, it's all the same. You're not getting anything better uh, with these phones. It's just a different color. The iPad Pro, however got some significant updates and i mean significant um we're seeing more and more the lines between tablets and uh desktop or laptop computers being blurred and uh, this is certainly going in that direction for sure there was a um an 11 inch as well as a 13 inch uh, they they say like 10 or something point whatever i i rounded off to the to the nearest number so 11 inch and 13 inch were the new ipad pros and they both get the m1 chip and this is the same chip that apple recently has introduced apple's really going all in now on making its own processors its own chips so the m1 is the thing that's been available uh, now for a little bit in a lot of the mac computers uh, this is the first time it's coming to a tablet so again, I was talking about the lines being blurred. There's a perfect example. This chip alone provides up to 50% performance improvement compared to the previous generation. So uh, again, it's becoming more and more of a powerhouse. I should also add that it's getting a lot more RAM. And, and RAM, uh, for those uh, who don't understand really the difference between things like processor storage and ram just to give you a really quick uh visualization think of ram think of you have a desk ram is a space you have available to work your workspace at the top of your desk the more things you have spread across that desk papers books uh computers tablets whatever uh the less uh, you know the less efficient you're going to be because you're it's going to get cluttered so the more RAM you have, the more things you can have there and be able to move between them real quickly and easily to, to be more productive and efficient. So uh, RAM is is more desktop space, and you're getting a lot more of it with these iPad Pros. Storage, for example, when you hear, you know, 128 uh, GB or 512, I think now there's like one or two gigabyte versions of this iPad Pro as well that, that's coming out. Uh, so that just means like your drawers, you know, the drawers that you have on your desk or your file cabinet, you're just able to store more stuff. So again, the, this is becoming more and more like a computer and they've introduced the new versions of the magic keyboard that pair with this, including these keyboards that we're going to have touch ID in them now as well. So now you'll be able to have that a uh, way to authenticate yourself to an iPad and be able to access it quickly. The, 13-inch model particular, which is the, the highest end of them, gets a new type of display. It's a mini LED display called Liquid Retina XDR. And what it what it's really going to offer is better color performance, dimming capabilities, as well as contrast. So I think this is going to probably be helpful to low vision users, people who are not necessarily using voiceover primarily, but might be using Zoom or one of the other uh, ways to adapt the screen to work with your vision condition. The other big thing with this iPad is that they now support uh, Thunderbolt and USB 4. And what that means is now you're going to be able to connect to external monitors, other devices, uh, that uh, weren't necessarily lightning uh, cable capable. Uh, external drives, again, it's making it more and more uh, behave like and be like a, an actual full-blown computer. 
on the cellular equipped versions, there's going to be support for 5G connectivity, which is no surprise because the iPhone 12 uh, came with that capability. So I think moving forward, we're going to see that in all the devices. In fact, I think later this year when Apple announces the new iPhones, I wouldn't be surprised if even the lower end of the spectrum with this year's uh, models is going to have uh, full full uh, or some kind of 5G support. So that's the iPad. Another new item that was announced is something called AirTag. And this is something that's been rumored since 2019. People have been talking about it, AirTags. People fund references to AirTag and uh, versions of iOS that, that, you know, they got in there and, and they uh, analyze all the lines of code and fun reference to this. So this has been around for a while. People have been wondering, when's Apple going to release this? Uh, it's finally here. And you're wondering, okay, what the heck is an AirTag? It's a small circular tag that has ultra wideband support and Bluetooth support that you can attach to items that are easily lost, like your keys, your wallet, uh, your phone, whatever. (laughs) And in fact, uh, we're going to see support for this even beyond these little devices. Uh, You're going to see more and more uh, items being licensed by Apple to uh, make it to tie into this new network that they're setting up called the Find My Network. We've already had the Find My Network available in phones, but most of us are used to using it or hearing about it in the context of finding a lost or stolen phone. Uh, you're going to have bicycles. You're going to have other devices now that are going to come with this uh, capability already built into them. And it's just a matter of uh, pairing it up to your account. And now you'll be able to track it if it ever gets lost or stolen. Or someone may be able to return it to you as well by uh, tapping uh, it against a, a, a device that has NFC that will be able to read your name and phone number if you provided that when you were setting up your tag. It has a built-in speaker that also pr- play a sound to help you locate it. So th- this is all part of how it's going to help you find it. So like if you lose your keys and it's under a couch cushion, uh, you know, you're going to wonder, okay, well, I, I, it's over here somewhere, but how do I know it's here? Well, you'll be able to trigger it and have it play a sound. It also has a removable battery and is water and dust resistant. Note I said resistant, not proof. So you can't dunk these things into water and expect them to survive. But if they get splashed or a little dust or something gets on them, uh, that won't kill them either. The setup is really easy. If you're familiar with AirPods, it's just uh, it sets up the same way. You'll just tap it against your phone, and uh, a screen will come up, and you'll be able to fill in all the necessary information you need to give it. Like what you know, if it's for your keys, you'll be able to call it keys. You'll be able to do all kinds of things, including, I believe, entering in any contact info that you would want somebody to have should they find your lost uh, keys and want to return them to you. Now, the way this is going to work is it's going to use something that Apple calls precision finding. And what it does is it gives you exact directions uh, based on distance and uh, direction uh, of where your item is located. And it's going to guide you through a combination of sound, haptics, and and visual feedback. So it'll probably have a something on your screen that will also help you. And you're probably thinking, wait a minute, uh, I'm blind. How am I going to see that? It's, uh, by the way, only going to work with the iPhone 11 and 12 only because they have the ultra-wideband chip support in them. And yes, it's going to support accessibility services on iOS. So, uh, for example, VoiceOver, it's going to direct you uh, with haptic feedback and voice output on your phone telling you, for example, your keys are nine feet to your left. So as you're pointing your phone around and you have it in the mode where it's going to track this air tank, uh, it'll give you this information. So it's almost like a getting warmer type uh, direction system. If the uh, device that has the air tag is somehow separated from you and your phone, like maybe you left your keys in the restaurant and you got home and didn't realize that uh, you didn't have your keys till you got home and tried to let your stuff in your house, uh, it'll be able to still be tracked. 
then they, they find my network is going to be the key to this whole thing. So it's approaching a billion Apple devices. So uh, any, any device that's out there that's uh, connected to the internet, any iPhone device, any iOS device, is also going to be able to receive these low uh, energy Bluetooth signals and then relay to the network where it is. So if somebody in, in sits in the booth behind the one you were in and they have an iPhone, uh, they their iPhone will pick up the signal coming from the AirTag on your keys and relay through the Find My network to ultimately you that your keys are still at that restaurant. And by the way, this is all done in the background anonymously and privately, because again, Apple's very security and privacy conscious. So they are not putting these things out there to make it easy for people to find you or, or, or get information about you. Ultimately, like I mentioned earlier, you, you decide what contact info you want to put in there so that if somebody finds it, they can return it to you. Or of course, you can use the Find My Network to go back there yourself and try to track it down. You can also put the uh, AirTag in lost mode, which is probably what you would do in the scenario that I mentioned. So you're sending a signal through the Find My Network to the AirTag saying, okay, lost. So now the AirTag goes into that mode where it starts to look for other uh, iOS devices. And once it finds one, it beacons using their internet connection to let the network know where it last is. Now, let's say somebody finds your uh, keys and uh, maybe does or doesn't or, or doesn't have an iPhone. And you're thinking, well, how's that going to help? Well, if they have an Android phone that has the NFC capability in it, which is near, fo- near field communication, which is what things like Apple Pay or Google Pay uses to make that low energy connection to devices. If somebody, uh, and also if you use Script Talk, that's actually how the Script Talk labels communicate the info on the label is through uh, the technology called NFC. So if somebody finds those keys and sees this AirTag on them and taps it to the back of their phone, whether it's an iPhone or not, if it has an NFC chip in it, they will instantly be given the information that you put in that tag as far as your contact info. So they might be able to call you and say, hey, so-and-so, I just found your keys here at the restaurant. What would you like me to do with them? So you might be able to say, well, you know, would you mind handing them to the manager? I'm going to be there in a half hour to pick them up. So very useful and powerful tool. And as I mentioned before, it's designed from the ground up to keep your info and, and, and all the stuff, the location secure. It even has an anti-stalker mode because some of you may be wondering, well, gee, what if somebody wants to track me and unbeknownst to me slips one of these air tags into my backpack or purse or something like that? Well, uh, they've got technology in there that can somehow detect that this air tag is moving around a little too frequently. I, I, I don't have the details, but I did read about it and it looked uh, fairly interesting the way that it all works. But uh, effectively, it'll stop the tracking from occurring after a while and it'll start to emit a noise. Uh, remember how I mentioned earlier that it can emit a noise to let you know where your keys are when you're finding them in your house? Well, it'll also emit a noise to let you know that, hey, something's in your purse and if you didn't have an air tag in your purse and you're hearing this beep 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 or whatever noise it makes you might get curious to look around and see what is this and find this air tag that you didn't put in there so again apple uh, is definitely doing its best to make sure that these devices are not used for malicious purposes that they are truly used for how they are intended to be and that is to help reunite you with any lost items couple of other little things that, that were announced that, that uh, are sort of kind of like mobile, but not exactly. Uh, there's a new Siri remote. Uh, well, they, they announced a new Apple TV. And I'm not going to go into that because that's not really mobile. But um, the really neat thing is that the Siri remote uh, was uh, updated as well, which is going to be much easier to use. And by the way, it's backwards compatible with older Apple TVs. And no, you don't have to buy the new Apple TV at its full price to get this remote. You can actually buy the remote standalone yourself. It's going to be about $60. 
other little uh, notable mentions uh, that go along with uh, the emojis that I mentioned <laughs> earlier. Uh, there's new MagSafe and wallet colors and watch bands, uh, all with spring colors, you know, so that, that's marketing. So that's more or less the um, the iOS, well, the, the Apple stuff. I briefly also wanted to touch on Android because uh, we don't talk as much about that, but uh, there, there are some significant improvements that, that have happened, especially over the last year and ongoing. Uh, one of the really uh, contention points that some people had with Android was that they didn't like these uh, right angle gestures that uh, you were forced to use in order to interact with your device. And they didn't like the fact that you couldn't do a lot of the multi-finger gestures that we're used to uh, with voiceover. Uh, some of the Samsung phones got some of these because Samsung for a while was up, uh, sort of modifying and doing their own version of uh, TalkBack. They call it uh, voice assist, I think, or something along those lines, I forget. But they were incorporating those features. Well, Samsung... Uh, finally deprecated that samsung has gone back to using talkback uh, on its devices which in a way i think is a good thing because it it just means a more consistent experience it's always frustrating when you're trying to give somebody uh, tech support on android because even if you're good with android there's so many different variations of android that are out there in the field Uh, so many types of devices and there's a lot of inconsistency because of that, because uh, unlike iOS, Android could be modified by the phone manufacturer and even by the phone carrier that it's being used on. And that means sometimes they can take away features that they don't want you to have or that they can add features that they want you to have but uh, aren't available on other devices. You know, case in point, what I was just mentioning with the different screen readers and the, the different finger gestures. So I think it's going to be a more consistent experience moving forward that uh, both Samsung and Google, which by far are uh, some of the bigger manufacturers of Android devices uh, are on the same page now and using the same screen reader. So uh, multi-finger gestures uh, are now supported, which is a very big thing. Uh, So for example, you'll now be able to do a two finger single or double tap. Those are actually supported and already set up for you. If you're running Android Accessibility Suite and TalkBack 9.1, you now have access to these multi-finger gestures like the two-finger double tap or single tap. Unfortunately for now, this is only available on the newer Samsung phones and the uh, uh, Pixel phones, I think from the Pixel 3 and and later. So anything earlier than a Pixel 3 uh, will not support this. You have to have a Pixel 3 or later or a newer Samsung phone. And I believe you have to be running Android 11, which is currently the uh, latest version, the latest stable version of Android. There is, however, an Android 12 uh, already on the horizon. In fact, it's out for developer beta, but it is not available as an over-the-air update. You actually have to go in there and get the image and flash your phone. You got to be a little comfortable with doing some fancy moves. But I think that uh, by later in the summer, we will probably see Android developer uh, betas available as an over-the-air update. And and we will be able to, as in years past, sign up for the uh, public beta program and be able to make access of these betas. And everything I'm hearing so far from the folks on the Android list that I follow that are using it, they're saying that it's it's very stable for them. I haven't been reading a lot of complaints about it like we see in years past with the public betas when they're first released. There's, they usually break a lot of things and uh, they're fixed over time, but it's uh, not necessarily the best thing to put on a, a daily driver. And I will still say that it's probably, unless you're really uh, comfortable and tech savvy and patient, especially patient, it's probably not the best thing to do to put uh, public betas on your everyday device, especially if you depend on it heavily for uh, communication, professional or personal. Uh, sometimes it's good to have, you know, extra devices. And the neat thing with Android is sometimes you can pick up used devices at a pretty good price. So you can pick up a, a, a hand-me-down uh, or somebody on one of the mailing lists puts it yesterday's wine and <laughs> uh, pick up one of those devices and use it as your beta test 
device, but still not uh, have to deal with the headaches and some of the oddities that come with running betas on your uh, mainstream device or your daily driver device. So uh, that's pretty much it. So um, I'm happy to uh, answer any questions that people have about uh, what uh, I summarized here. I realized, like I said, I went through it kind of quickly. There are places on the internet that you can go and get much more details than what I was able to provide here. And in general, you know, I'm happy to also answer, uh, you know, a regular mobile device accessibility uh, type questions to the best of my ability. Mitchell is first. I, uh, how long is the iOS, iPhone 2020 going to last before Apple pulls the plug? Ah, good question, Mitchell, and hello. Um, generally speaking, Apple, their track record has been for a while that you get about five years of updates. So uh, the iPhone SE 2020 is based a lot on what was found in the iPhone 11. Uh, it's the same processor, but maybe throttled down a little bit. Uh, maybe the hardware isn't quite as uh, capable. I know the camera isn't uh, as good as what you find found in the 11. So generally speaking, uh, five years from when the 11 came out. So the, the 11 came out, uh, what was that, uh, 2019? So basically uh, around 2024, you could probably expect to get updates on your iPhone SE 2020 if Apple maintains its current track record. So I, I say if because, you know, I'm not them. I can't speak for what they're going to do tomorrow. But in the past, uh, that's how I've known them to operate. Okay, uh, Travis is next. Okay, so I got a question. Um, this AirTag thing that you were talking about, um, so in order for it to work, you have to buy a device. Is that correct? Yes, you buy these AirTags. Apple sells them, I think, in packages of four. Okay. And I think they come out to about $25 each. So basically, for 100 bucks, you you buy four AirTags. Okay. So basically, the four AirTags, those are like for multiple devices that you have pairing up and everything? Yeah, you can stick them to anything that you uh, think might be easily lost. So if you tend to lose your keys a lot then sticking them to your keys might not be a bad thing. I, I would another, use them in airports. Absolutely, on luggage. Yeah. I was just going to say that. That's another good idea that, that, that uh, I'm not sure if they envisioned, but uh, those of us who are blind and do a lot of traveling know that, that that's one headache. So I think they're going to be very useful for that. Okay. And then what kind of batteries do they require? I don't know what kind of battery, battery, but I'm guessing because they're small, it's going to be similar to what maybe you find in a watch. So you mean you, those batteries can't be recharged? They'll have to be replaced once in a while is what you're saying? You know, I, uh, I believe so. I, I don't believe they're rechargeable. Okay, okay. Because otherwise Apple wouldn't have made them removable. They, you know how they are. They don't like... Uh, they don't like giving you removable batteries. So if they made it removable, more than likely it means that it needs to be replaced. Oh my goodness. Okay. Maybe they'll do something about it where they can make it yeah. easy, but that, that's interesting to know that. And that will be kind of a deal killer right now for certain individuals. I know. Okay. You know, because it's like, they, they don't want to buy a new one. It's like, Oh great. Mm-hmm. Now it's batteries and I can't fix it. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Travis. You're welcome. Okay. Steve Bauer. Hey, Julian, thanks for the uh, info. I'm just curious about the AirTags. Uh, do I understand they will not work with the 8? You said they work with the 11 and the 12, but uh, I'm sorry, uh, not the 8, but the SE2020. They will not work with the uh, SE2020, only the 11 and the 12? You know, that I have to do more research on that because it, it has a lot of what the SE2020 has a lot of what was found in the 11. So what I'm thinking is it's possible that they may work, but maybe not as uh, the precision finding may not be as precise. So that's something that I, I would have to do a lot more research on. Okay, thanks. Okay, Myrna is next. So um, I have a comment for you, Julian. You can't stick the air. You can't stick the air tags onto anything because they're just little discs. And what we found out when we when we all found out we needed to spend more money. Um, is there accessories that you have to buy with them? So we bought like key, my, key ring for me and key ring for my husband uh, with the four pack because 
there's no way to, you know, you can't put anything through them. They're just a little disc. So there's a bunch of accessories now, and there's probably going to be more, you know, that you put them, you put them into there's a key rings and there's some kind of loop now. Um, and then you can take, you know, that accessory and, and put it on, but you have to buy accessories. I suppose, you know, if you're not, if like you could put one in your wallet or something like that, where you wouldn't need the accessory, but for the most part, in order for you to, you know, attach it to keys or um, just something in a lot. And we had a little group in the in clubhouse the other day that Jonathan Mosen um, kind of cheered and kind of get to, got together. And some of us said we were going to put them on the collars of our guide dogs. We thought that was a cool idea. Well, why am I not surprised that Apple would make you buy more accessories, right? <laughs> but the good thing is uh, the, the the aftermarket uh, yeah. vendors are yeah. pretty quick and they catch on to this stuff. So uh, I'm sure you're, it won't be long if already that uh, you'll be able to go out there and find third party uh, things or just find things that, that, that are similarly sized that you can buy yourself and, and adapt them to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're all saying that there's going to probably be aftermarket stuff, but yeah, yep. so we're all kind of think, you know, and I asked a sighted friend of mine who was watching them and, and I said, so can you put, he said, Romer, you can't, it's just a little disc. What? And he's looking uh, on the thing and saw the accessories. And then we went to, you know, we all talked about it. And then, you know, when I, when we bought them, we all had to end up kind of, you know, buying stuff. So. Uh, very good. Well, thank you for filling in that blank. I'm sure uh, many have found that helpful, including me. Okay. Diane Sims is next. Um, Just to give you a little update on the, <clears throat> on the batteries. Cause I just heard this watching Renee Ritchie. Um, the batteries are about um, what you call hearing aid size, and they will last about a year. Okay. So, yes, you will have to replace them and everything. Now, I heard originally that they were going to be rechargeable, but I guess not. Right. So, like I said, if they were rechargeable, I think Apple would not have made them user replaceable because that's just the way they roll. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you will be able to replace them and all. Also, mm -hmm. on the uh, the um, accessories oh, wow. things, I'm sure mm -hmm. that Best Buy has them already because they already offer, you know, like, order your air tags. So if they well, yeah. need to order your you air know, tags, they, they got the accessories already. These things have been in the rumor mill for quite some time. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's one thing that gets better over time. And that uh, and especially when it takes such a long time between the rumor mill and the actual release, that just makes more time for more information to get out. And the manufacturers mm -hmm. get a hold of these things, and they've already prepared. So that's why I said I, I didn't think it'd be long uh, yeah. before you would be able to get this stuff without having Great to pay the Apple price. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, Carla is next. Okay, I, I hope this question wasn't already answered. I got a phone call that I had to take. It was sort of an emergency. But that said, um, <laughs> those of you that know me know that I don't have an iPhone, but I have an iPod Touch, and I use it for all kinds of apps. Um, have they made any announcements about what's happening with the iPod Touch in the new updates and everything? No, I've not heard anything about iPod Touch in quite some time. And Frankly, I would not be surprised if if we don't see anything in that space uh, anytime soon. I think uh, for the most part, they're really focusing more on iPad and iPhone as far as the mobile devices. What do you think? Because last year, remember, we, we had a big uh, expose, something similar to this year. And then they announced other things later as the year went on. So everybody's wondering, gee, what's going to happen next? Have you heard any more? Are there rumors? Is, are there other things contemplated that will be released later on by Apple that we don't have yet? Uh, you know, I think people are, are looking for new things. They were looking for a refresh on the iPad mini and things like that, for example. So Apple's next big event is uh, what they call WWDC, which stands for Worldwide Developers Conference. And that's usually held in early June. And this is where the primary thing you see is the, uh, the uh, curtains being taken off of the next version of iOS, which uh, presumably would be iOS 15. So you see, uh, you know, some highlights as to what that's going to bring. 
And sometimes, yes, you, you've also seen hardware announcements made during that particular keynote. So, uh, you know, watch the Apple space. Uh, it's usually in early June that this announcement gets made. Okay, Marie. Hi, I'm primarily an iPhone user, but I dabble sometimes with the Android phones, and I have had an Android phone in the past, don't have one presently. I have a question that you may or may not know. The Galaxy S20 Fan Edition, which is a phone that I'm thinking about purchasing, it is capable, I know, of running Android 11. Do you know if it is capable of using the multi-finger uh, gestures in the new TalkBack version? It probably should. Is that the, is that the latest uh, it's, phone? Or? It's not, I think, I don't know, the 21s may be out, but the fan edition was um, a little bit later on after the original 20s, but I assume it's running the same chips and everything. And I know it does run Android 11. I'm sure of that. Yeah. Um, and it And I believe it does not have a voice assistant on it. So, I'm assuming that it will use the multi-finger gestures, but I haven't been able to verify that yet. I, I'm fairly certain that they will. Uh, everything you described to me points in that direction because I think moving forward, you're going to see this uh, partnership continue on with Google and Samsung, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because, again, it, it just means for greater consistency. So, I, yeah, I, I think you'll probably be able to access those multi-finger gestures on that yeah, device. I, I followed along with the Android from time to time and talk back, and they have really made some vast improvements. Oh, absolutely. So, I agree. Uh, I'm getting closer to uh, – having it as a secondary advice since I have two phone lines. You Thank should. you very much. I, that's what I do. I, I keep it that way because I, you know, I, I kind of mm-hmm. have to know a little bit about each one, mm-hmm. but I, I do enjoy uh, dabbling with it. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of It's kind of like using JAWS and NVDA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. So talk a little bit about, for those people who wonder who haven't yet downloaded it, I have, but I haven't played with it, obviously. Um, any bugs that they were hoping would be fixed and any bugs that you have found in the beta stages that are or could be problematical moving forward? You mean with iOS 14.5? Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I pretty much what I uh, said there with regard to bugs is, is what uh, seems to be what people are, have been reporting and that I've personally found. You know, I, I have to say that overall iOS 14 has done pretty good about squashing a lot of the bugs. So, you know, it's not to say that uh, somebody's not going to find something out there. Uh, Inevitably, they will, because some people use the phone in ways that I don't use it, and I use it in ways that they may not use it. So that's what I really like, uh, forums like AppleViz or the VI phone list, you know, things like that, because you, you get to read about Many different experiences, but I think right now iOS 14.5 is, is running pretty good. We'll ask you to give your contact information in just a moment. But once again, for people who, who may not know or may, who may have tuned in late, uh, for more information about what has happened with, with 14.5, tell them where they can go to, to gather more information. Uh, the, the, one of the, best the Apple Biz series, yeah. Yeah, one of the ones I recommend is appleviz.com. That's www.appleviz, A-P-P-L-E-V-I-S.com. They've got a lot of different uh, resources there. If if you're not familiar with that site, they have sections that are specifically uh, geared toward helping people who are new or thinking about getting into an Apple device. So uh, they've put together podcasts, uh, which are terrific. Oh yeah. my. So I really, I really, really, really highly recommend them a lot. They, they, they're very helpful. Um, if you don't mind a busy mailing list, there are places like uh, the VI phones list on, on Google groups. I recommend if you're going to get on, on lists like that, though, maybe set, if you don't have one already, set up a, a spare email account that you're just going to use for that kind of stuff. Uh, I use that for, I call it miscellaneous. So anything that I have to sign up for on the internet that I may not necessarily want them bombarding my personal box, I'll use that address for. And of course, all the mailing lists I belong to, I use that. So it doesn't clutter up my personal or my business inbox. 
but it's there. And when I have time, I certainly go through those lists and, and read uh, through as many of those emails or at least browse them as, as best as possible. So uh, Apple Viz, uh, mailing lists, uh, anything like that online, YouTube uh, has a lot of fun stuff as well. So, uh, and your local uh, ACB or NFB chapter, you know, there's, there's always techie people there that you can go and connect with. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to uh, to be informed, and I highly recommend to, to be informed because it, it helps. And most of us, uh, I, I'm president of a chapter in Orange County that's ACB, but most chapters, because technology is such a huge thing, we devote, you know, 10 minutes, whatever, whatever time you decide on for tech type things and there are enough of us floating around in various chapters so that we just open it up and people ask questions and it helps everybody because we certainly don't know everything yeah absolutely we do that at my uh nfb chapter meetings as well Mm -hmm. Uh, it's usually during the announcement section i'll come in there and i call it my tech corner so i'll bring in some things that have happened over the last month and, and put it out there as well as things that people should be aware of uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I try to roll it up in there and, yeah, encourage people to ask questions. We don't seem to have any more hands, so maybe what we'll do is we'll ask you to give your contact information one more time and then yeah, we'll, absolutely. we'll close down. Sure, go ahead. I'd be happy to. Uh, my name is Julian Vargas, and as I mentioned before, I'm a mobile access technology specialist. I do a training, consultation, tech support, you know, anything to help you learn about uh, or become aware of the accessibility features or to learn to use, or, you know, if you just want a guy, you can call to quickly answer a question. You know, I offer all of those services. So if somebody wants to get a hold of me, you can go to my website, which is www.techjv.com. That's T E C H J as in John V as in Victor.com. Or you can call me by phone, area code 818-794-9554. And all of that information is also in the release that you may have seen if you're on our Tech Talk list as well. So uh, very easy to get a hold of Julian. And we thank you once again for coming back to Tech Talk. It's been a while and we're glad we had you back. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Next week on Tech Talk, uh, Kim Loftus will be back. Oh, pardon me. The new name is Kim Nova. Uh, and, of course, if you didn't know, she and Chris Nova, formerly Grabowski, uh, will be getting married later this summer. Good news from all of us. We think that's all just terrific. But next week she's coming back to talk about the Fire Tablet. And um, I believe there's a tutorial coming soon. I know there's also one coming in the first part of May about 1Password as well. So lots of good stuff from the terrific folks at Mystic Access, and we hope that you'll be with us next week. And we're glad you were with us this time, and thank you so much for being with us on Tech Talk.